0: Check, check, check. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Ike Michaels, and with me is my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Hey, Slappy Pappy Wank Wank. And two very special guests in studio. They call her the Hoosier Heater. Hannah Rushline.
1: Hi there. Thank you for having me.
0: And on the phone, we have a very special guest uh, returning champ Joanna Madronda. Hey, <laughs>
1: how's it
0: going? Awesome. Now we. Oh, it's still hot in Michigan. How are
2: you?
0: Yeah, well, it's hot down here in Indy. Uh, we just we just had an amazing weekend up in Detroit with you, and we sat down yesterday to try to record this podcast. We had some technical issues, so we're like, "Ah, oh, we'll get it today." And then we came back. And we literally just almost had a, a, a catastrophic failure, but I, I think we got it together here. So it, I think it was meant to be. And if we don't, if it doesn't end up recording, then you know it just wasn't meant to be. I, I think that's just the the, the zen I'm going to have to sit with it. Fair, fair.
2: Um,
0: but uh, we loved being up in Detroit. Um, I feel like when you came down and you were on this podcast before, we got to see. You in, like, comic vacation mode, you know, just having yeah. fun. And uh, and, then, sure. and then going up to Detroit, I got to see you, you know, doing all your stuff, uh, book running all your shows, you know, just being a, a woman about town. You are a very busy person.
2: I am. That is very correct, actually. I'm taking the call from the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. But, I mean... The most important thing for the weekend was that y'all had fun, and you know, I think I at least got four stars, so we're good.
3: Five stars, yeah. Michelin, baby.
2: <laughs> Michelin, baby. Johanna Michelin—that's what they call me. I love
0: that. Yeah. You were you were an amazing <laughs> host. You were an amazing uh, ambassador for your city. For those of you that um, haven't been to Detroit or haven't been to Detroit in a long time, I don't know. I think I think there's definitely a stigma around detroit um and i had my whatever preconceived notions i had i had them all like put to put to bed because i had a wonderful time it was a beautiful city everything that we uh did and saw was fun and 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 cool and uh went to a lot of hip places and it really like i feel like i read a lot of articles where just like detroit is dead and you know like people are leaving and there's just there's just blight and gloom everywhere
2: Yeah. Yeah, man. It makes me really happy to hear you guys say that because, yeah, I mean, I will house every comedian every weekend for the rest of my life from out of town for them to just say that because I get so much shit anytime I go to any other city. You know, why do you live there? What, you know, your comedy scene probably sucks. Like, you know, everyone's in poverty and all that shit. And it's like, nah, man, we got, it's the same in every single city. It's just, you know, Detroit has its history of up and down and all that. So, I don't know,
0: man. Thanks, man. That took my heart. That really truly does. Thanks for saying that. Uh, I mean, and you were a great you're a great ambassador for your city. There's certain people that just are that role, you know, like you took us to a lot of cool places. Uh, we did get to do a, a road harder brunch. What was the name of that restaurant you took us to? La
2: Dolce Vita.
0: And now, that was a a, a newer a brand new or a newer Italian restaurant.
2: No, it's been around for a long time. Oh, long did
0: long I time. did I totally miss that? What was new about it? Was the valet parking new or something new about it?
2: Uh, maybe I got a facelift uh, from what I heard, and we even heard the waiter like kind of talking about it, too. I mean, I could be mistaken, but for as long as I've known it, it's been there for a long time. It's like a family-owned place.
3: From what I understood, too, did uh, Robert De Niro visit that place?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I mean,
3: there his was picture was on the of, wall.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that they just really like Robert De Niro.
3: Okay, well, that makes sense.
2: It was like it was like Robert De Niro and two famous uh directors.
0: Right. I felt very put on yeah, the spot yeah. when the when the waiter was like, "And who are the directors?" And I was like, uh, francis Ford, Coppola." I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: are we, are, yeah,
0: yeah. Are we gonna be able to eat if we get the question wrong? <laughs>
2: I know. <laughs> what do we win if we get it right? <laughs> so, what did yeah.
0: I, so what did you have? We, everybody kind of ordered something different. We all kind of ate family style a little bit. What what did, what did you have?
2: Oh my god, dude. I got the salmon uh, Benedict. It had artichokes on it. And artichokes are like one of my favorite things to put in, into my mouth. It was like artichoke hearts. Uh, and yeah, salmon and some sort of a, uh, it wasn't like a hollandaise sauce. It was um, something that paired really well with the salmon, and I wish I could remember, but I also switched and got one of the lobster benedicts, too,
1: because
2: mm. we all, you know, ate uh, family style, and that was more of like a lobster bisque that was like, you know, was dous- this biscuit and this uh, egg was just doused in this like lobster bisque sauce, and it was delicious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was very jealous I didn't order that. What did you have, Hannah?
1: I had the mascarpone filled, or stuffed French toast, and then also a quiche.
0: That French toast. I don't know. I think the waiter got it. He was like, like, I don't like the mascarpone. And I was just like, that sounds actually great. Uh, That was, like I think, the favorite thing that I had. That was great. (laughs) What did you have, then? I had the
3: uh, fettuccine mushroom. That's what it was. It was like it wasn't. It was like a nice creamy sauce, mm-hmm. and like it was like nice and thick. Like but Anytime I have fettuccine, I like the sauce to be thick because um, the Alfredo sauce was was there, mm-hmm. super thick. But um, they had the mushrooms on top of it, which I'm a big mushroom fan. Um, I don't know if anybody knows that, but I, I love. I, I would eat like, there's a portobello mushroom on top. It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So thick and so good.
0: Yeah, and a bite of it. I had the, what, the, the Bolognese, Bolognese pasta? Am I saying that wrong? Bolognese. Bolognese. <laughs> Just second. for the, uh, just
1: for the record, Dyke went to culinary wait a second. school. <laughs> yeah, wait a I second. just served blackout drunk and fine dining for 20 <laughs> years. I know how to pronounce words. So I, um, I'll be here anytime anyone well, needs any kind of guidance.
0: I mean, my grandma was from France and I still can't pronounce it. Most words. Okay. I never said I wasn't stupid. So you're blaming it on the foreigners. I see yeah. how it is. No, I'm just blaming my own, my own ignorance. Uh, but no, it was, it was a great brunch, uh, I was a uh, slightly disappointed that we had talked about going to what was it, the the, the trap? The fly trap? Yeah. The,
2: the fly trap, yes. Can yes.
0: you can you explain to our listeners what event was going on in town this weekend? That that, that oh blocked God. up all the plans. Oh. <laughs> well, you're gonna
2: lose a bunch of fans when I take a big old shit on white people, but um, <laughs> Dude, okay, people from all over the nation come to Detroit for something called the Dream Cruise. And people from all over the nation will bring their classic cars and they will drive up and down Woodward Avenue. And Woodward stretches from, like, the suburbs of the suburbs all the way down to downtown Detroit, where the very tippy-tippy top of Detroit, or I should say bottom, um, touches the river, And then you loop all the way around and go right back up north on Woodward and you just do that for three days straight as other people pull up lawn chairs and coolers and, you know, canopies and stuff. And they bring their whole families and they sit on the sidewalk or on the grass on the side of the street and they just watch you drive your classic cars up and down Woodward. And I think it's the silliest thing that has ever happened to Detroit. But that is just my opinion and the opinion of thousands of other people who live off Woodward.
0: So I feel yeah. like every small town has a smaller version of that, but it's usually just like a strip where everybody drives their car on like either Friday or Saturday mm-hmm. night. You know, yeah. like I, I feel yeah. like people used to do that. Like, I feel like before I turned 21, that's what we do. Sometimes in Broad we would just go like, you want to go drive by the bars and yeah. then, and then look at people. I think it dates myself, but like that was <laughs> like I don't know how we're gonna, you know, we'll just go look at people out the window of the car.
3: Yeah, it, right, right. it was it was very interesting because like I was expecting it to be more concentrated, like that it was only nice cars. No, but, like like you could drive your beater up it too, and people are like waving and, and and like there's just people in their lawn chairs like waiting to see like their favorite car or what like what may they see? I don't know.
0: Yeah, we yeah, did, we saw, much. we did I uh, we did see some interesting like there was these weird like when we were eating uh one of the days we saw these weird like tricked out like trike transformer looking things and there was probably like 15 people driving in a click um, did they did they do something like this in Clay City do they have uh, a strip
1: a stutton strip um there was there was definitely people trying to, like, race their little cars or, you know what I mean? But those were just high schoolers who had mm-hmm. put a, a rear spoiler on a Lancer, <laughs> you know what I mean, and wanted to jeopardize their lives faster on a back road than they would on a, a you know, tractor.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's what it was a case <laughs> of. It just, it just spirals out of control. Um, you took us to some really cool stuff. We went to... Uh, you brought us to your family lake house. We got to we got to meet some of your family and and have a lake yeah. day, which was really awesome. I haven't been, I don't think I've been out on a lake in probably three to five years. I can't remember the last time I was out there. And I don't, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I do not fuck with the ocean. So it was very yeah. nice to actually go swimming. Except we went to that aquarium and I found out there are freshwater uh, stingrays. I got real freaked out.
2: Oh, yeah oh yeah real scary stuff but uh yeah i mean i even i even get kind of freaked out in like lakes that i've never been to before you know mm-hmm. or like lakes that are like super duper deep like yeah. ours is like 80 feet they say but you know you go even more northern like up northern michigan you have like 200 foot lakes and shit and like that to me is terrifying um yeah. I also am scared of the ocean and I'm scared of creatures. Uh, but because I grew up on that lake, it's just very much home and it's very much like, Oh, nothing's ever happened to me in the, you know, 30 years that I've been swimming in this little swimming hole. So yeah, I always feel very comfortable there. The only people, the only things that scare me there are my family. So yeah,
0: we're
1: good.
2: (laughs) Inside the water, we're we're fine. Outside of the water, we're in trouble. So yeah,
0: we had, uh, three back to back to back amazing shows. Um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Oh my gosh! Uh, I don't know. So the first two shows were shows that you produce. Friday and Saturday. All three of those
2: shows. All
0: three of those shows. Okay, yep. I, did, I didn't. Yep. I didn't know you produced uh, last night too. I thought you were just hosting. No, no, no.
2: So I'm a producer on the show, but since we were trying to do the podcast. Uh, see, I, I should have been there at seven to help them set everything up.
0: Oh,
2: yeah! But since we were trying to do what we're doing now, yesterday I told the boys that I was going to be late. Gotcha. So you didn't see me like really in pro- in producer mode there, but uh, but yeah.
0: Well that that was a ver- that was one of the most interesting uh, venues I've ever done comedy. Three one three. Yeah, yeah. The the most interesting one I've ever done. It's all made out of shipping containers it's like a complex made out of containers and they have a food court multiple bars and yeah. some shops that were mixed in there yeah
3: it looked like it was prepared for like the apocalypse like if, <laughs> if there's like a zombie apocalypse like they're they're ready or it's like afterwards like hey guys uh, we're gonna start have a uh, comedy lightly but in these shipping containers
0: I think the reason I, I think the reason I, I didn't think that, cause like the first two nights seemed like more like, like maybe like your friends and stuff. And it seemed like last night was more like random people.
2: Oh yeah. 313 is always extremely random. It's always just like such a random mixture of people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like a true, true Detroit crowd. Like you know, you're going to get people in that crowd who are going to sit there with their arms crossed, like, make me laugh, bitch, like, that, once you get, like, into the heart of the city like that, it's very much, you know, and then, yeah, you're right, you know, the honorary mentions comedy shows that I produced with the girls, like, the those are, you know, a lot of our regulars, or, like, a lot of our friends, or friends of their friends, and, you know, we run with people who, you mean, know, not to toot our honkers, but, have a great sense of humor. Um, yeah. You know, they're a, little, they're a little bit on the gay side. They're a little bit on the liberal side, you know. So, you know, they're down for a good time. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, you get a mixture of some conservatives and some liberals and some, you know, young, old, white, Hispanic, you know, Middle Eastern, like, whatever. It's just such a little melt- melting pot in Detroit. And that 313 is audience is very true to that. So that's why I always warn comedians when they come in for that show Just
0: be prepared. It's kind of a tough crowd. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it. I thought that thought the crowd was great. I thought some of the, the earlier comics were, were made some interesting choices when uh, one of the comics asked the crowd, like, Hey, are we a defund the police crowd? And then people in the crowd started fighting with each other.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, man. And you know, we like, us as a group here talking right now, like, we kind of saw a lot of that happen this weekend. Not even just at 3 and 3, but, like, throughout, like, every show, I feel like there was, might have always just been, like, that one person who was, like, kind of pushing, pushing the boundary, you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Drinking, some pretty, I mean, well, I mean when ahead. we talk about pushing boundaries, I, I feel like it, that is, like, a thing. And then there's also suggesting drinking period blood
0: um, <laughs> to older ladies. <laughs> Look, I still stand by the fact that I could make a funny drinking period blood joke. (laughs) You just really gotta, you really gotta earn some trust. I know Hannah could get away with it. Yeah,
3: Hannah could get away with anything. (laughs) Hannah literally looked into the crowd's face. What did
0: what did did she say, Dyke? I know she she definitely. Oh, she said uh, I want to spit spit COVID through the bucket. the, The bucket your buck teeth or something like that to a guy. She,
3: she looked at uh, th- this was a couple this was a couple sitting holding hands together and like she's going on a rant and she's she's doing great she's killing and she just stops and like stares at this guy he's like i want to spit through the gap of your teeth and then she's like no <laughs> i'm sorry i love you guys It's like what the hell is going on and then they solicited you like they wanted to like Get you in a menage a trois.
1: No, they yeah. didn't solicit me. They, they like, just we gave like, me we some... Saw, little- we
0: saw your sh- set. We like your vibe. They
1: gave <laughs> me some little hugs and... Uh- Sent you know sweet sentiments on my way out the door. Oh, okay. That was, was simply it. It wasn't like I want to lick your slit. It was like oh. drive safely, silly slut. They didn't <laughs> slide in your DM <laughs> and be like, like, "Thank you, Canon Laura, or whatever." am <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that my high brain went there. I don't even know why I said it. Hearing it back, I'm like, I never engage with crowds like that. So Spitting through I the just, gap. I don't know. I just you know I knew we were in there. I knew we needed to kind of shake through the. The fog and the ups and the downs yeah. of what had happened in that shipping container, you know, mm-hmm. based on a, a performance or so of a man, mm-hmm. as we've been talking yeah. about, that left a feeling in the air. And I just made some uh, calls and uh, that are, that will always feel a bit questionable. <laughs> and even more so when said word for word to you on a podcast the very next morning after you already right. smoked and forgotten about it. But here we are.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, Detroit. <laughs> Well, you must have done something right because afterwards I walk outside and Hannah is just holding court yeah. with like 15 people from the show and they're just standing yeah. in a semicircle around her listening. and like no other comics around, just her, the audience. I'm like... Is she doing more
1: material? What no, is going on? I wasn't on? trying to. They asked right. me to be in some photos, but they were fucking rad. Right. But that's that's one of those things too. But that we have talked about a little bit all together is just you know being able to stand in a room like that, do material, you know, in in what feels like weren't always the most favorable conditions at times, but you know, and not even feel like I did. Or any of us, you know, did all that well. You know, sometimes it's easy to just be up there and, and feel only the, uh, the uglier or the harder parts of what a set is. But then walking outside like that and then having humans just kind of, you know, pump a lot of love back into me helps me understand. It's like, oh, this is often just stuff in our own heads. Mm. You know, and then the way people view comedy anymore or how they are yeah. are receiving is so wildly different. So mm. I'm just kind of surrendering a lot more to that. I'm like, oh, they're happy. Me too. Mm. Well, that's what I always yeah.
0: f- felt about like showcase shows, too, is like any showcase show that we've ever put on. I'm just like, you know, there's a, a possibility you might not like somebody, mm-hmm. but I guarantee like our like the last two or three people you see, you're really going to enjoy you know, so, like, as long as you walk away with a, a good taste in your mouth, you may not like If You see seven people. I mean, we see seven comics all the time. We don't like all seven comics, you know. So Barely
1: I, one. And that's not even myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, But I just love watching people because, like, I feel like when people buy a ticket to a comedy show, they want to come have a good time, too, you know. Mm-hmm. And then if you get, yeah. like, one comic on the list that you don't like, I'm just like, well, you know, it's like getting a, like, a... It's getting like a box of chocolates, you know, like maybe there's going to have one that has a dead cockroach in it, but then the rest of them, that's the same. They're going to be good. That's the same. And
2: and maybe that's the other thing, too, because 313 is a free show. A lot Mm -hmm. of that crowd was in there because I barked. Like, I I always bark as soon as I get there, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'll go inside that food court, into that outside, like, kind of patio area. Mm -hmm. And then, like, even out next to, like, the volleyball courts, like, I will do a full, like, I will talk to every single person in that building and I will say, free comedy upstairs. And maybe I should start telling them, like, we might be requesting you drink uh, period blood. So, you know, <laughs> prepare yourself. But, you know, I, I have to talk to at least, like, you know, 50 people. So I just quickly am like, free comedy, 10 minutes, you know what I mean? Like a quick bark. Um, and maybe that's why it is kind of a tough crowd because, you know, they don't really know what they're going to get themselves into. Uh, but either way, yeah, I said pushing boundaries earlier and you guys are completely right. Or some people just completely lose their sanity up there and they just start, you know, really derailing the entire fucking lineup <laughs> in the whole room. So <laughs> I don't know, man. But if anything, it proved to me that the three of y'all fucking pushed through it and were super professional about it and were still super funny. Oh, and, you know, I mean it. You know, I like mean it when I intro you guys. I mean it when I say, like, thank you for being here and let's fucking go and like, let's show this room that we have cause y'all ain't fake. Y'all are the real deal and you're fucking funny and funny is funny. So that's all I gotta say about that. Mic right,
1: drop. Right back at you, baby. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I know you gotta go,
0: but will you, Give us your plugs. And and not only is uh, Joanna uh, a fantastic booker and person to know in the Detroit area, but she's also a terrific, amazing comic. And you should book her on all of your shows. Uh, where can people find you and catch up to everything you're doing? Well,
2: bless you for that. Um, Honor mentions comedy, the Independent Comedy Club, 312 Comedy, Find me at J-O-H-A-N-N-A period M-E-B-R-A-N-D-A on Instagram. Thank you guys for having me. Love you.
0: Thank you so much. Love you
1: too. Mm -hmm. Bye.
0: Bye. That smooth fade out. Hey, who taught you that? Look at that. That ain't Zach. <laughs> that's
3: not a Zach
0: fade out. That's not a Zach fade out. That's a. It's a black fade out. That's a black fade out. That's a fade to black. A
3: fade to black. <laughs>
0: hey, uh, let the teacher, uh, the student become the teacher. Oh, man. That was really good. And I'm glad we did get to talk to her. It is weird talking to someone on the phone on a podcast that we just spent all weekend with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, there's always a disconnect when you're talking to people on mm-hmm. the phone on a podcast, but it's just like. It's uh we obviously wanted to all be in the same room we did have some technical issues yesterday but I wanted to not I knew we were going to kind of re rehash some of our weekend and I wanted to talk to her um get her on there but we do have the wonderful Hannah Rushline in studio with oh my us oh
3: gosh it's a privilege
0: Hannah you are you're all over the place and I mean that <laughs> I mean I mean that
1: literally
3: <laughs> I mean that. I, I know.
1: I wasn't even there. I wasn't even offended. I I understand. It's uh, for better or worse, win, lose or draw. I'm all over the place in sets. If I'm talking about spitting through people's teeth, I am. <laughs> or, um,
3: it's, yeah, it's kind of like Cyclops. It's a it's a double-edged sword. Like you know, what I mean, being all over the place is is your strength, right? And, like, but, like, sometimes being all over the place might be a weakness. Like, if you take off your glasses, you, Cyclops could burn a hole through somebody. You never know. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, no, no. The X-Men. I was, like, yeah, I was thinking, Cyclops. like, the the... For mythology, like I the, was well, the also, one-eyed Cyclops. Oh, <laughs> so like, yeah, I was like, "Do he just wear a monocle? Would he wear glasses?" Yeah.
1: I'd like to a- consolidate down to one eye so I could barely see anyone who's talking to me. I
0: met I met it in more of a nomadic way, as in the fact that you are currently doing comedy uh, in both Chicago and Indianapolis, and not technically residing in either right now.
1: Correct. Uh, about a month ago, I. Moved all my things here in Indiana into storage for the first time um, in my 37 years of life um, with intent to land in Chicago as far as where I will eventually want to base out of as I've been getting booked there more, but um, really just with uh, a greater intention not to just even be there per se, but to be able to use it as a hub to go here, there, and everywhere um, that I want for comedy, which is, you know, after a weekend in Detroit um, and various other, you know, slivers of time uh, that I spend in other states on a month-to-month basis for the past several years. But increasingly, um, it's just kind of my... uh, It's definitely my pulse. It's it's a thing that I I don't want to get away from.
0: Getting up at... Big 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 girl clubs.
1: I have been getting up at big girl clubs. I just got my first, uh, email the past several days for my September dates at the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Um, I will also be a week in California doing shows next month. Uh, almost a week in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, and then maybe back home at the end of the month. So yeah, you're right. I'm gone.
0: That's amazing, and we're so excited for you. And as we Three of us just spent the long weekend together. Um, definitely, Thad brought up the fact that we are also all in the same comedy class, in quotation marks. Uh, we all started comedy within about six months of each other. And just going around and talking to different comics, out, of, out one outside of our normal city. Um, it's checking out a different scene and then seeing how we were um, embraced, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It was very, it was very interesting to be like, oh man, like yeah, we did have a good class, like we were a good class
1: for sure. I mean, our draft class is strong. It's not like nineteen ninety six, like Kobe Bryant and them, <laughs> but it is pretty good. David Brooks is in there, yeah. Um, and I mean, our draft class, basically, what we're approaching the five year mark next spring. Is that correct? Yeah, we'll go. We'll be going, you know, completing fifth year. So yeah, that's where we're. At. I think fall
0: for for that, but yeah, us in spring.
3: Yeah, I mean, f- for me, like it's it's very interesting because, like, like you guys are my friends, and so so it sounds like I'm just tooting my friends' horns, but like I, I I am legitimate fans of you guys, and like being able to go on the road with you guys this weekend like was like some a sight to see, just because everybody can hold their own weight, um, and no matter what circumstance it is, and um, I, and I see that, and I mean maybe there's a circumstance like where. Maybe like a shooting, we wouldn't be able. I don't know. That was funny to bring Wait, up. Wait, what? <laughs> I was just, I, I just got literal, and be I was like, being, "The every, shooting happened." Like, like we can be funny in every circumstance. like, well, maybe some <laughs> circumstances aren't funny. Just <laughs> like I showed you <laughs> by bringing them up. But um, even like, like, because like Hannah, like Hannah, you have a, a, a following here in Indianapolis is pretty heavy. And man, um, it's a heavy flow. It's a heavy flow yeah, all the
1: way. Super absorb, super plus,
3: super plus flow. Uh,
1: we're, we're triple tamping over here in Indiana, I'm right? Bleeding right now as we speak. <laughs> but then, like, if, but to
3: see the magic on the road, like, it kind of it it like blew my brain out in a different way. Yeah. I was like, what? you're like, just
1: not used to seeing. I I know. Yeah, right? like well, am I saying, like,
3: "You went to Chicago. Like, and she's like she's been lifting weights in Chicago. She comes back." and I was like oh like you see like oh there's like a little vein on her arm and then you see her in the gym do the full press <laughs> and then there's like 15 people like flashing her like outside the the show and I'm like what is that like it was amazing it was someone,
0: so- someone learned how to putt
3: <laughs> <laughs> same same with Dyke like Dyke's going up there and 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 slinging his jokes and, and like and just calculated killing and just like like easing back in the pocket like oh this is like uh Not like it looks like an open mic, but just having that comfortability of like, yeah, I've done this before.
1: I mean, five years of hand, you ought to be pretty decent. (laughs) Sure, You know, I better have a vein popping up in my arm. I've been jacking myself off for so fucking long. Another hand on a dumb dude trying to get five minutes until I could parlay my own way to 30. Uh, Part of the reason that like the boys I like, I like hearing you say these things to me because I like compliments. But if you're listening, it's I often I've been on the road for three years. Like I've started doing that kind of stuff, but I do it solo. So like, honestly, me this weekend was nice and different in Detroit because I didn't have to have any control as far as what was happening show wise. I'm used to having kind of, you know, being shoulder deep in every production that I have. So it's like beyond just my own mic time. But to be able to do that with my friends was also an adjustment. And I mean, even I think Dyke and Thad could tell you that I could be a little bit of like, you know, a cunt at times is just as far as like my energy can be. But it was really just me acclimating myself to even others being around before I would be going up on sh- like at shows. Because like I said before, it was just have vag will travel me pulling right up, listening to whatever music I wanted, doing whatever I wanted, having time to, like, decompress my brain. But being around an entire functional unit is an adjustment and a shift for everyone, you know. But I really loved the parts of, of comedy with my friends that I do not normally allow or have access to, you know, as far as just really being able to, like, enjoy others on stage and and uh, just have some, like, um, you know, like I said, some, some time – To just, you know, see how we all are translating and resonating on the road together.
0: I've always heard from older or, I guess, more established comics just about how lonely it is going out. Like, once you get to be, once once you're a headliner or whatever, it's just like you're just going out by yourself all the time. And it's like you might see your friends back at a comedy club. You might see your friends at whatever but they were just like i i remember hearing a lot about like really cherish these times where you're still doing comedy and you get to do it with your friends and i thought about that all weekend i was just like oh this is going to be a time that i'm going to look back on and remember how fun this weekend was
1: certainly and myself included you know but i absolutely. i absolutely agree too.
0: And me not having uh, reliable transportation. I've never done comedy by myself (laughs) anywhere in a a city. Mm -hmm. And I know eventually it's going to happen and it's going to be bonkers. The first time I have to, you know, figure out a train schedule by myself and and pull up somewhere and I don't have someone to uh, troubleshoot or (laughs) ask a question to. So I'm sure that could be nerve wracking. I feel like in some ways it's probably nerve wracking. in, In some ways, too, it is like, okay you can do exactly what you want to do. I mean, there was, I think that's time you go in a group of people. I mean, obviously, like, I was at the whim of not having a car all weekend and not being able to say, like, when and where we went. You know, it was like we woke up on Saturday with no cars, dead phones, <laughs> trapped in a house, like, scared to scared to leave, <laughs> angry dogs.
1: <laughs> no. And I was on the other side of that car doing yoga, so.
0: <laughs> no, the dogs were very nice uh i i do so what was funny is like when we first got there she's like is anyone scared of dogs i'm definitely scared of dogs but i did not want to be the guy that was like me (laughs) what are the special rules Um. and i also hate whatever so like look i have a dog he's dumb he may jump on you when you first come in but that's it like there's no like gremlin mogwai rules with him you know but like whenever someone has a dog they're like uh, don't look Beelzebub in his left eye. That's his yeah. murder and eye. You know. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when she started like naming off rules, I was like, "This is gonna be a long fucking weekend." I, I was like, "I know there's gonna be times where I'm just gonna be me and this dog in a room. The dog's gonna be like snarling at me." My favorite rule was don't pet it. It makes it worse. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" I haven't heard that
3: one. But like, the dog ended up loving us at the yeah, end. Yeah, like, the it-
0: dog turned out to be great. I think that was like an over. You have to over cautious with someone because like. If you have a dog that just barks at people when they come in, like some people would I would get freaked out. If she had not said anything to me and I just walked in and the dog was like snarling at me, I probably would have
1: uh Yeah. Freaked out. For sure. But you heard what I said about dogs. I um I Dark is basically just talking about a couple of dogs that lived in the house that we were staying at in Michigan over the past few weeks and i mean i'm not like necessarily i'm not anti-animal like like i won't kick a cat or something Mm. like that but like you're not going to see me like touching my tongue their animal's (laughs) tongue or whatever unless it's an accident you know i was like so i always walk into a house with a different vibe where i like look at sparky or whatever and i just make it clear with just a little bit of a head nod that it's like if this is between me and you like i'll snap your neck You know, and it's like even if that pit bull somehow, like I said, was able to take me down and, and you know finish him, I. Um, you like the
0: al- alpha the animals? Yeah, it's in.
1: not gonna, it's not gonna be moving much after it, it leaves my little heap. <laughs> so you know, I'm not going. No, I'm not that kind of person. Uh, I was going to protect you.
0: One of my, well, thank you. <laughs> one of my favorite memories, uh, oddly enough, because I was I was I was very like not disappointed, but I was very kind of, like, bummed about leaving last night because I had so much fun. And I, I, like, I hate being in, I hate traveling. I hate being in cars. I hate being on long rides. I get, I've been getting better with doing comedy because it forces you to be out, like, longer and longer stretches. Mm-hmm. I still say anything over six hours is a flight. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a, a good rule. Yeah, but, um... But, yeah, so, like, coming back from Detroit, I mean, Detroit is, you know, kissing kissing cousins with Canada. We saw literally saw Canada from, mm-hmm. you know, where we were at. So, you know, that's a heck of a drive, and I just was just like, man, it's going to be late night, and I know I'm not even driving. I feel bad for you mm-hmm. and, and Hannah having, having to drive back, and then, uh, I don't know, it just turned into really fun. We took turns. Picking our favorite songs, I didn't see that one coming on the bingo card. Which anybody who is my friend would not believe that I would
3: participate <laughs> in such a game. But I think it was just because I was with you guys. Like, okay, like shoot, let's do this. You know,
1: it's me that loves old country music. Yeah. So I have a tendency, like I said, when I'm traveling alone, to just listen to whatever it is that I want. Sometimes, often silence, which I think mm-hmm. is the mark of a psycho. Um, but I, I will just soothe myself pre-pussy jokes with everything from George Strait to first CD Rascal Flats. So the boys were uh, being good sports every now and then when a song would pop up on my Spotify randomly and then last night on our drive home it just became a choreographed exercise <laughs> in how much country music all of us really knew and it turns out they were matching me song for song um and whatever we were choosing from like um what what were our different categories?
0: Oh well there was uh, sad country, party country, <laughs> cheating country <laughs> Um, what, country. Thir- yeah, thirsty country. Thirsty country. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of different genres of country music, as it turns out, and I've always been a big fan. I, there's certain sad stuff that, like, I, I gravitate towards just because, like, I'm just like, what was it? I still don't take the girl who made me cry last night. I cried in the. Car. I know
1: and I he made he like made a joke where he's like I'm already tearing up and it's the first <laughs> like strains, you know, <laughs> Johnny's daddy is taking him fish and drags like. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I, I didn't like- even play my real heavy period flow country songs. So I was like, this is still key a suicidal car.
3: Right. I feel like a country riding song is like, like it's not sad enough. Try harder. Like people are like, <laughs> crumbling up papers and throwing up against the wall. Like, we need, we need people to cry hard on this one.
0: Uh, anytime. I don't know. Like this, <laughs> this sounds really sensitive in my feelings, but anytime someone does something in a song or a TV show or movie where, like somebody just does like ultimate like self sacrifice for someone that they love or care about. Yeah, it just uh, it is it, it just locks me all up in the feels. Yeah, and that was a song when my my mom and stepdad got married when I was like twelve years old, and I inherited like this whole step family like not just a stepdad but a step family, a stepsister my age, step uh, brothers older and younger. And how old were you? 12. 12? 100. I think yeah, I think I was twelve when they started dating. And then instantly had a whole like step family, and my stepdad brought, uh, you know, the country vibe into the family. Where like all of a sudden my mom wasn't, you know, she didn't normally listen to country. All of a sudden like this, all that was played in the car. Mm. It was like country music. Okay, you know, he's bringing over stuff like fried bologna I'd never had before. And- is, that, is that country? I mean, I'd never had it before. I mean, yeah, it's it a little bit country. That's what happened when I got a
3: stepmom. I started getting
0: fried bologna. <laughs> really? Uh, that's, uh,
3: maybe that's just like a step-parent thing. <laughs> yeah. It's in the book.
0: If you if start begging someone's dad or mom, <laughs> got to bring kids. the fried bologna. The will love you. Give the kids a fried bologna. But the, yeah, that was definitely, I remember those songs started off, and me at 12 years old was not into liking a bunch of country, but it was that old school like uh, country music and they had a lot of hot jams and I definitely remember listening to that song at being like 13 or something and getting misty eyed back then.
1: I was like, why is this song <laughs> sad? Uh, listening to country music makes me want to get married. Yeah. Like, I was like <laughs> listening to Remember When by Alan Jackson last night there's this like parts where it's like, the sound of little feet was the music and I'm like, oh my God, if I would have married... <laughs> You know what I mean? In my young twenties already, I could be getting somebody ready for the prom. <laughs> yeah. Hannah's
0: instead, her whole
1: life. I'm, instead, I'm you know riffing dangerously with <laughs> strangers in you know somewhat violent cities like Detroit with no with well, no hesitation. Well, that,
0: that was that was the what started it all. It was he, he played Strawberry Wine, and I've I've. I've been trying to make that song funny. Like, I, I'm just trying to convey how funny that song is to me, to other people. Like, I don't know if it's going to be a bit or, or what, but just like, that whole song is very nice. Like, if you listen to it all the time. But like, women sing the song at karaoke. It's just like a nice melodic song. But if you listen to the lyrics... It's just about a middle-aged woman thinking about losing her virginity on a dirty riverbank. <laughs> and then she goes back there. I mean, this is like this was like a woman your age. It would be like if every year you went back to this dirty riverbank and looked where you lost your virginity and just stared at the river. And then, like, the neighbors came out and, like, there's Hannah again. She comes here every year. Yeah,
1: but you don't know. She might have lost... Her Virginia River behind her parents house like (laughs) I returned for holidays like I don't think Deanna Carter was going back as Mm. a destination Mm. (laughs) Mm. you know what I mean remembrance of boink I think she was simply just happened to see a place where she tumbled around with a neighbor boy
0: No she listened every to listen to the lyrics, lyrics year after year I go back to this place just to remember the taste Yeah it makes it sound it's not like her neighbor's house yeah. <laughs> Also also like it makes it sound like she hasn't had any good dick since this show. she guy.
1: hasn't I was listening closer to the words <laughs> last night and there's like even some like uh there's some like an um, imagery that definitely went over my head when I first heard that song <laughs> when we were younger. Yeah, absolutely. you know where it's just like. Fields have grown over now Years since they've seen the plow That is an unshaved bush yeah. There's nothing time hasn't touched Your shears Is it really him or the loss of my innocence? Yeah. I've been missing so I was like, bitch, grab a razor, dude uh, her, her But I feel water. her at the same time I'm not shaving that shit either I'm 37 She
0: made it sound like her whole strawberry wine situation Was pretty dried up Like yeah,
1: sorry, but I see your shitty beard. Get down there.
0: <laughs> Man. So, also, like, she won, like, she won, like, an Emmy for that song. She Or not an Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my what are, God. What are, what are they called? Grammy. <laughs> Grammy. She won a Grammy for that song, which makes me think that, was it Dina Carter? That's yeah,
1: Carter. Dina, Dina Carter. D, Dina sure. Carter. Sure.
0: Yeah. Like, that kid fucked an Emmy into that girl. <laughs> like he was good. An Oscar. God damn it. A Grammy. I'm not even drunk. I'm just dumb. He, that wasn't his first time. There wasn't it.
1: No, and it also she may never even a smashed. As we know in comedy, sometimes we lie on stage and it's called a false premise. <laughs> <laughs> so that bitch might have just been singing words given to her. Wow. Never yeah. having even laid her back wow. <laughs> on any straw while a farm man. <laughs>
0: I mean, or or maybe they just assume like that's how everyone that listens to country lost their virginity. I don't know, like on the side of a dirty
1: riverbank. I mean, I was close. I was at a truth fucking.
0: (laughs) No, you got to say it now. Outing
1: in high school.
0: Which is a what?
1: The anti tobacco youth (laughs) group. Truth. They did those commercials.
0: So you went out to shame uh, other youths for smoking. And meanwhile, you're getting your cakes beat up in a hotel room?
1: First of all, by cakes beat up, you mean. (laughs) This guy, Ryan, you know what I mean? Entering me at a 45-degree angle okay. on the couch of a La Quinta sofa at said youth retreat while Sports Center played over his shoulder. 100%. Yeah, if you want to talk about the bottom line, it was in a, a neutral court. <laughs> I was favored, Whoa. but I definitely uh, kind of lost. I popped my cherry. It lasted about three minutes. I thought... Uh, I don't even know why I waited this long. I mean, I know why I did it for Jesus, just yeah. <laughs> to feel guilty or whatever, but if I'd have known it was going to be that luck, lackluster and we weren't going to make it out of a full time out, I would have just waited a little longer.
0: Was that uh, a, a one-and-done situation?
1: For sure. I don't feel like I saw him again. We were just like those youth, you know, how, like in back in times like that, if you're going to be on a truth commercial, you have to be somewhat behaved in high school and i definitely was you know so this was like like i said this was a destination virginity loss
3: this makes sense like why like you love sports so much now i
1: already like. loved them before <laughs> i loved them so much i couldn't turn them on as somebody was taking my virginity i couldn't turn the game off while someone was putting their four inches in me for the very first time like i said no, no,
0: wait. Do, now, the year after year, do you go back to that looking? I've never seen it again. Just to remember the taste.
1: No, it could have been at Crown Plaza, but <laughs> just who knows? I haven't. I've never returned.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, I lost my virginity in a dollar in, so I, I'm not one to judge. There was no sports center on, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, we were in there because we were losing our virginity. That was. We just chose to do. Oh, I chose to do it. I think Ryan. I would like to say he had fucked before, but it didn't seem that way.
3: Sorry, I thought dollar in was a dollar general for a second. <laughs> There's no way to top that. Yeah, it was at a dollar store. It was in the display aisle at the dollar store. We both reached for the bleach at the same time. <laughs> I mean, how can I sound like a discount,
0: man? Like a discount. We could share more than this. No. When I, when I was in high school, there was just this... Uh, shady motel in the speedway area it's it's been demolished now but it was called the dollar Inn. and on the back side of the dollar Inn is where i think they just i think everyone just kind of knew that's where like children went to party like somebody would get a room you just had to be 18 and then i i think that's where like a lot of high school kids had had their parties at graduation parties and stuff like that and like i feel like the cops kind of knew i feel like as long as you weren't really being you know tearing anything up or doing anything too bad they just kind of left you alone I and mean, we went to a lot of, i went to a lot of uh just gross high school parties and in the dollar inn.
1: yeah i wasn't doing any of that in high school aside from like i said a road victory like i got you know but i guess i could i was also just i wasn't fucking in high school yet and also i have a pastor dad and asian mom so like i wasn't bringing people home into that kind of a climate
3: yeah my mom was always paranoid when I brought like a girl home, like because I had, like kind of a science project, like hey, you want to be my partner? All like, right, cool. And then like like we go upstairs and start working our projects, and my mom would always be like, what are you doing up there? And uh, did you have the door open rule. Yeah, like like leave the door open. I was like, oh, what? What? And like, and she's like, does your mom think we're gonna fuck? <laughs> and I was like, are we not? i was <laughs> just like, no. You, <laughs> you trying? <laughs> <to>? <laughs>
0: did your mom think I'm a slut i mean yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> she does kind of does she thinks you're thinks you're all sluts i would lie to my mom just bold face lie i got caught doing so many things like like one time i was having sex with my high school girlfriend and my parents pulled up and we jumped off and like ran out you know and pretended to watch a nature documentary like literally like i just turned the first thing on and it was like a nature documentary yeah and it was like the warbler eats the bees and we're just like "Yeah, yeah we're just watching this nature documentary and so we like hung out in the living room for enough time for my parents to come in and then we went back into my room door open of course and i didn't realize in that time that nature had ran its course and the condom i was wearing had fallen off and wiggled down my pant leg and was just out there on the couch. Oh. To which my younger 10-year-old stepbrother found, picked up with his bare hand. Oh, no. And took to my mom and my stepdad. And I remember them calling me in and, like, I was just like, yeah, what's up? And I remember my mom, is was burning my memory. My mom's sitting on the couch. My stepdad's standing there. He's holding the condom by the tip. that's it full? They're, well. It's filled? It's been used. Fully used. He's, they're both staring at me. I'm staring at the condom. They're not watching them. I am. They're staring at me. I'm watching. Oh
1: my gosh!
0: Jizz come out, drip out of the condom oh. as they're as they're asking. As he's holding oh. it in his bare hand. Oh my gosh! And he's at, and and they're like, you know, uh, do you want to explain this? And I'm just horrified. And the quickest thing I could come up with, I was, I was <laughs> oh. like, ah, uh, yeah, that's, You know, we were just. We're just blowing those up and making water balloons. You should, what? Said,
1: you should have said something crazy. Like he put it in my ass. <laughs> just <to> really.
0: <laughs> 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 you said it would only hurt once. Uh-huh. So even they believe this.
1: It's not even my jizz. <laughs> it's not even my jizz. That's how you incriminate your neighbor and cause something to go out. You know, something to happen because. A lie. Sorry, I want to take it there to protect you, but I couldn't.
0: No, I just, I went with the, we were blowing up water. So when I was in, like, junior high, me and my friends got, like, a strip of condoms, and we all carried, like, took one and carried it around. it was like we stole them from someone's mom. And we all, like, had the, we were, like, the condom crew. We all, like, had a condom. And then somebody snitched on us, or somebody's mom found one in our back pockets, and it was, like, got all mad. And I remember our youth group leader had to, like, talk to our moms and be, like, look, I know none of these kids are having
1: sex. <laughs>
0: like, they just found some condoms. They're just they're just curious, you know. And he was absolutely true. And we did take one of the condoms at when I was like, you know, thirteen and we filled it up and made a water balloon. He out should of have it.
1: been like, taste it. <laughs> so,
0: so Oh my gosh. So then I so then I had the idea to I was just like oh, what and I remember being like, she, she's not that kind of girl. What are you uh, yeah, like, 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 like like defending her? Yeah, and, like oh, how, how dare you how guys? dare you and I just remember being horrified that they didn't see. It wasn't a lot, but it was just enough to be horrifying to see it drip out onto they, the floor. They didn't see it coming. <laughs> 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 that might be the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so did they believe it? Uh, it was a agree to disagree kind of thing. I think I. They're
3: like no more Nature Channel anymore.
0: Yeah, I think they thought that you were fucking into Nature Channel stuff. I think she went home. I was, like, not allowed to have girls in my room after that. Oh, they definitely did not believe you. But, like, I didn't get grounded. Like, I used to get grounded, like, for just I was perpetually getting grounded. Like, by the time I was, like, junior senior year, like, I was just always at odds with my folks. I was always getting in trouble. I mean, I was always doing stupid stuff, like.
1: I'm not certain I ever got grounded.
0: Oh, I was perpetually grounded.
1: I also never had a detention.
0: Oh. Well, yeah, you were you were a good girl at school. A good girl.
1: I'm still a good girl. (laughs) Yeah, like when did you? I'm just spitting like a little cobra (laughs) through
0: the teeth. (laughs) You went to you went to I was it. It was probably I'm guessing it was probably your sophomore year at IU when you started becoming uh, over to the dark side when they started making that little Darth Vader noise.
1: Not really. I still wasn't (laughs) even like fucking a ton then. I I really have never been interested in men inside of me for any length of time. <laughs> I just um like, do what you need to do. Like I already came, you saw, <laughs> and I mean you didn't see my eyes were closed because I wasn't thinking of you. But they've always been wonderful. I um but I I wasn't really. I it just the drinking, the 15 years of sloppy drinking, gave people access to Hannah Land that I would have never uh, been selling tickets to before.
0: How many years did you do at IU before you... Two. T- okay.
1: But I barely went to class. I went to more basketball and football games in my freshman and sophomore year than I actually did class. But I had stopped going to class my freshman year. I just didn't tell my parents until sophomore.
0: And then did you stay in Bloomington after that? Or did you just move no, back, I back came, up to No, I came
1: back, I, but I came to Terre Haute and stayed there. I never moved uh. back home. I've never lived back with my parents, even since I left after uh, senior year of high school.
0: Oh, that's right, because you were married in Terre Haute, right?
1: Yeah, for like a few years. That was like 22 to 25, and I'm about to be 38, so.
0: And then you moved to Indy.
1: Around the time that Indy hosted the Super Bowl.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: So what's that, eight to ten years ago?
0: Yeah, and then started serving and Mm -hmm. becoming the Hannah that we all know and love. Yeah. (laughs) I love hearing people's origin stories. I mean, I I knew all those things. will never hear
1: them all. I like to hear them, too, because I don't remember that person's name or, like, why we know each other. (laughs) They always remember. doesn't matter if they're also toast in the stories. People know me. You're (laughs) you're
0: a very loud, petite Asian woman. You stick out, you know. I feel like we all stick out in our own ways. I, I have a wacky name. It's really easy, you know, like I'm a big dude with a beard and a wacky name, like... I'm, I'm almost offended when people don't remember what I'm like. You don't remember? You don't remember it was like kind of offensive or weird <laughs> or anything about it? Nothing. It'll be like, it was Steve, right? It was Steve. <laughs> you weren't paying attention at all.
1: Yeah, I don't. That's a reality I'll no longer know as long as I continue to do what I'm doing. Like even just coming home in the past couple of weeks, like I've had three different people from everyone from like in a yoga class to my Lyft driver just recognize me from the Internet.
0: From the internet. Mm-hmm,
1: just being like, oh, we follow you online. You don't know us, but we know you, X, Y, Z. Under pump rules. I'm like, yeah, that's me. And they're like, we're proud of you. Uh, or whatever it is that they want to say. But I have a lot more of that than, and I, it just makes me, I'm, I just know. It's like, there's no hiding now.
0: Yeah. That is a thing. I don't know what it's, I call it deja vu. But there's a there's a thing of like, having all this like personal access to someone's life that you've never met before. And then you meet them and it's, you, it's weird because you feel way more familiar with them. And mm-hmm. I've, I've met people out in public and I'm like, well, I know what this kind of lingerie this person likes to wear. Mm-hmm. I know where they like to go for coffee and you know what they do with their family on the 4th of July, but I've never met this person for
1: sure. And you know, I share a lot, Yeah, you know, so people really do have a running knowledge of me that is very high but, it, you know, I don't always have an awareness of who is watching. Yeah. I, but will, it's like I it's- will never, you know, and that's fine. I don't want to know. I can't even begin to uh, comprehend what that looks like until somebody pops up, like I said, and spooks me near the produce at Whole Foods to tell me how they know me. But I also, like I've told you, I, I always take time in those moments to really uh, engage and uh, thank those human beings for that kind of stuff because social media, as you know, is a drain and it's hard and it often feels like nothing is resonating. And if human beings do not come up to me, even in these kinds of like uncomfortable feeling ways, because I can often tell on their end, it's uncomfortable. They're about to be like, Hey, like, just like you said, I know a bunch of stuff about you, but you have never seen me before. Yeah. But above and beyond that, now these human beings are also saying things to me like, you know, you know, we value and support you you know thank you for this xyz thing so i was like this is another added element but i'm always uh take want to take a little time in those in those moments to uh just just be grateful for the fact that there is some positive traction coming out in that fucking <laughs> hellscape yeah
3: i have a question for you like do you feel like uh you're used to it being a minority in like your school like being like used to eyes on you For sure.
1: Okay. Plus, I'm a little ham. I always have been. You know, like me getting attention, I've always had it. I was just in a small town. If I'd been raised in Indianapolis, I'd have 15,000 followers by now. You know, like I did, I built everything that I've been doing from the cornfields without help. Like, a lot of the things that are happening in my program right now are done for most people with management, you know, teams and agents and people running social media and a variety of other things. And it's like no like i have like a heavy awareness of every single human that constitutes you know the support system with which i get to you know splash around and i don't take any of that for granted but it definitely still catches me completely unaware and it's more you know it's more something that's growing as social media becomes you know bigger parts of our day to day
0: as we wrap up here thad what was your ultimate highlight from this weekend
3: my ultimate highlight i i enjoyed honestly swimming (laughs) (laughs) i really did uh like it was just like a it was like a needed day like just to like float around and kind of talk and hang out um i really honestly enjoyed meeting the different comics um there uh it was just like oh like i'm making new friends like when you're a comedian, like, you see different comedians, like, on different, like, um, billboards or, excuse me, Facebook, and mm-hmm. then you become friends with them before you even meet them sometimes. Yeah. And so uh, that was uh, kind of for me with, like, Connor Mead. Like, I felt like she was, like, really cool. Like, and we've always, like, kind of brushed past each other but never, like, hung out. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I feel like she became a comedy friend uh, this weekend. So that was probably my favorite.
0: Hannah, hey, how about you?
1: My favorite part of this weekend... Was definitely, I really enjoyed that very first uh, show because I think sometimes first shows, you know, really set the tone for everything that you have going on mentally that follows and being able to kind of go up there in Himtramic or wherever we were, however you pronounce that, and uh, just kind of tumble into pure Michigan and be received in a way, you know, that felt completely supported and seen allowed me to just relax into the rest of it and understand that across the board you know this was going to be a really nice time for all of us
0: yeah i can't i don't know if i have one thing i just think for me honestly it was just a general vacation of it all that i really wanted and like i don't want this to sound super like conceited or whatever but i was like I was like, except for the fact that I obviously I wanted to put my best face forward for Joanna, you know, because she put us on everywhere. But I just I felt like I felt like I knew we were all gonna do that, so there was no part of me that was like too concerned with that. Uh, I just really enjoyed the vacation of it all, and I knew I loved the fact that we had these shows, but I had very little worry about any of these shows, about any of us do not doing well. Right? Like I remember, like Chris King told me one time when we were talking about writing a comic book and he was saying that the best comic books are the ones that like get into the, the interpersonal relationships between the characters is like, you know, the X-Men or the justice league are going to save the day. You know what I'm saying? They're going to, they're going to do that because that's their job. That Mm -hmm. goes without saying that they're going to go out there and kick ass and and do whatever. But then the interesting, uh, like the, the nitty gritty part is, how they all interact with each other on the day-to-day stuff and so like i kind of knew we were going to de- defeat magneto you know what i'm saying like yeah, look, yeah that's what we do like it's, it's the three of us you know we're gonna go out there we're gonna we're gonna do a good show but then the rest of the time was uh just the real treat and period, period blood man's going down <laughs> we're gonna take period blood man down <laughs> one drink at a time <laughs> i'm telling you it's out there the perfect period drinking blood joke is out there he did not have it but god god bless him for trying oh my god this has been this has been fun hannah Rushline, where can people find you follow you on social media you got some shows coming up this week next week
1: you can follow me on social media on instagram at hander pump rules h-a-n-d-e-r-p-u-m-p rules um And yeah, I just have some shows going on for the next ever Um, Helium this weekend. I'm headlining the St. Shaq here in Indianapolis on Thursday night and uh, Nashville, California and Chicago coming up
3: that is jake man i have uh shows coming up and like literally I, lately i've just have not been looking at the next week i've <laughs> just been trying to focus yeah. on what's happening this week um me and you have a show coming up here pretty soon so maybe you could plug it but follow me at sad and i'll post some stuff
0: yeah um you can follow me at dyke michaels across all social media i will be uh on hannah and friends show this thursday at saint shack and then um next uh tuesday red flag comedy mixed double show um tickets are on sale now link is in my instagram bio and the red flag bio um get some tickets it's gonna be a really fun show uh thank you guys for kicking it with us and uh we'll see you next time bye bye